This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radam. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today as usual. Hey, folks, uh, welcome aboard to our early, early, early folks. That is counting on abq says he's watching from twitch and of course we have our union specialist union activist union savior yvette avery herod afternoon pdr posse she says melanie keelan says good evening to all with all those jeroglyphicos que tiene ahí también and of course we have uh, el senor paul fleming welcome to politics done right folks make yourself Visible so that I can call you out. I know there are quite a few of you on already. Anyhow, folks, we're going to have a wonderful show for you today as soon as I get all my hookups done. I'm kind of late because I'm excited. You know, I'm in District uh, uh, District 2 in, out there in, in, uh, in Texas and found out that Crenshaw has a challenger. And that challenger will stand a good chance of beating Crenshaw because she is a hell of a candidate and we are going to get it done. So it, it is amazing. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to really start working on getting what we need to get done, done. Because it is time. It is time. Es el tiempo para hacerlo y lo vamos a hacer perfectamente, my dear brothers and sisters. We are going to get it done. Uh, today also, I know you guys remember, uh, I, I've been teasing uh, one of our great folks that come out here daily, participate in Egberto, uh, Egberto, ask Egberto anything, El Señor Thomas Arnick, Tom C., you guys know him as Tom C., well, we're going to be featuring Tom C. today as well, because Tom C. wrote a hell of a poem. I got the video from that we did that Saturday, but I am going to have the blog later on this afternoon, but I wanted to get the video out today. I've been telling Tom, Tom, we got to get you on because that was a hell of a poem that you wrote and we want to make sure and keep it in. We have Sisquat says, Buenos dias, como esta Sisquat? Alistair Waters says, hi Melanie. Peggy Lopez says, hi y'all. And of course, Paul, uh, Melanie Keelan, I think I saluted you before as well. Who else did we got here? Anyway, we're going to have a great show. Let's start with Brother Rodnin, who, as usual, because he can and because he said I did my homework, has a whole lot of stuff. The explosive volcanic eruption in Tonga on Saturday appears to dwarf the largest nuclear detonation ever conducted, according to a global group that monitors for atomic testing. The shockwave from the blast was so powerful that it was detected as far away as Antarctica, says Ronan Labras, a geophysicist with Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization in Vienna, Austria, which oversees an international network of remote monitoring stations. In total, 53 detectors around the planet Earth heard the low-frequency boom from the explosion as it traveled through the atmosphere. It was the loudest event the network had detected in more than 20 years of operation, according to Labras. Every single station picked it up, Ronan last said. It is the biggest thing, according to Labras. Every single station picked it up. The biggest thing that we have ever seen, as large as the explosion was, it was not nuclear in any way, Labras added. 
radioactive fallout, the telltale signs of a true nuclear reaction was not detected. Second story says, Biden prays for a fifth. That was on a, on a common dreams today. Biden prays for $15 minimum wage hike for all federal workers. Iber Everett Kelly, president of the American Federation of Government Employees, wrote setting a new $15 per hour wage floor for... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, floor. Setting a, a, that 15-minute floor. I lost my contact. I didn't see the green moving on. For some reason, I thought, oh, my God, I am not transmitting. But it's because I went to do another test. Anyway, continuing. Uh, floor for federal government work will encourage employers across the country who are currently paying poverty wages to compete for labor at starting, uh, starting price at fair rates, lifting the wages of American workers across the country. Just remember that $15 per hour is 30k per year and less than half our people even make that much. We need a government that promotes FDR's original idea that the minimum wage should be the wages of a decent living. More than 60,000, 60 killed, including children in airstrike in Yemen. We keep selling weapons to the Saudis and they go around and do things like this. This isn't defensive use. We need to take a moral stand and stop selling Saudis weapon. Spencer Ackerman tweeted, America is complicit in this as it has been complicit in every Saudi or UAE airstrike of this horrific war that Biden and his senior officials once promised to end. Okay, one other. Uh, Giuliani, Trump campaign reported orchestrated the fake 2020 elector scheme in seven states. That is all over the news. I'm going to skip that one and go to Ivanka Trump asked to testify about January 6th as ex-president reacts to grand jury move from Georgia. A text message in the committee's position on January 6th as revealed in a letter to Ivanka Trump is from a member of the House Freedom Caucus to White House Chief of Staff Meadows warning that if President Trump plans for Mike Pence not to certify the results of the election, it would be to drive a stake in the heart of the federal republic. It's amazing. Trump order that instructed Defense Secretary to seize voting machines was based on Sidney Powell conspiracies. Our entire 2020 election was almost undone by these conspiracy nutters, if not for the courts consistently ruling against them. Four parts of the article that I hope you read out in full. The three-page document dated 16 December 20 would have ordered the Secretary of Defense to seize, collect, retain, and analyze voting equipment and electronic records and gave the Secretary discretion to determine the interdiction of national critical infrastructure supporting federal election. The draft document does goes on to repeat false allegations about voting machines, manufacturers singling out Dominion voting systems and related companies as being owned or heavily controlled and influenced by foreign agent countries and interests in alleging that the company's machines are intentionally and purposefully designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results, continuing it falsely claims that machines made by Smartomatic, electronic systems and software, Hart uh, InterCivic, Clarity Election Night reported, Edison Research, Sequoia, Citil, and, Amer and similar or related entities, agents, or assigns are rife with the same flaws and were subject to foreign interference in the 2020 election. Such false claims were widely promoted by Sidney Powell, one of Trump attorneys who, along with ex-New York City Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, led a total of 63 unsuccessful efforts to have courts throw out legitimate elections results in several states and weeks. You know, I find this so hard to believe. Sidney Powell was a lawyer that was well-respected. Rudy Giuliani was a nutcase, but... While he was mayor, mayor, at least he had some respectability being called America's mayor, even though he really screwed up by having the headquarters where he had it. There are a lot of things that we could go into. 
But it's just amazing that these people would believe these. And I think Sidney Powell actually believed that crap. It's amazing. And these are supposed to be people that are leading. Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard Politics Done Right, as well as Sarah Bastin, who says, Howdy, Carl Cox, Egberto. I am back. Republicans are going to eliminate votes that they don't like so they can control all levels of government. We must overwhelm them, and that is what we're going to do. Egberto, mind putting this image on? Well, it depends if I, if your image, oh, you want to show the explosion? I kind of like that explosion myself. So just because I like it running, you know, uh, no, you know, you, you know you guys own this show, man. If you guys want to see that thing, I am I'm obliged to to go ahead and show that explosion. You know, let's go ahead and show that explosion. I think it's actually important. Tonga, right? The Tonga explosion, guys. Take a look at what El Señor Rodnin wants you guys to see on the screen. That is the explosion of the Tonga, the volcano. I don't remember where it's, what what it's called or whatever. But that's a volcano that, that exploded. That's a picture from the satellite. I actually saw that several times. It is just amazing. You know, whenever we think nuclear bombs are huge, no, that's huge. No nuclear bomb ever could do that kind of a damage. At least I don't think right now we have the ability to do that. Anyway, going back to, the, to our story at hand, or pretty much going back to what you guys have to say. Let's see. Tom C., thank you, Egberto. Hope my poem with message can make a difference. Tom, I think we discussed that already. I mean, you are apt with words, sir. It was beautiful, so beautiful that I think, since you're here, since you're here, uh, why not us, let's start our program with Brother Tom C. Check this out, and we'll take it on the other side. This is a poem called Vanilla Island. And I'll read it to you, and then I want to see what you think, what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay, here on Vanilla Island, breezes blow soft and light. Palm trees sway and everywhere we go, there's a golden sun by day and an ivory moon at night. Here on Vanilla Island, we natives too are gold and pale. Our favorite time is noon. No shadows on the ground, no dark cloud nearer to make us fear an unfamiliar sight or sound. Here on Vanilla Island, we savor one flavor. No chocolate, banana, strawberry, or in between is ever tasted, ever seen, except what comes from the vanilla bean. Here on Vanilla Island, we are most blessed of all the islands east or west. With riches, we are sated and gated. Thank God daily, sip vanilla milk and play the ukulele. Here on Vanilla Island, we're all the same. We're not to blame for those on other islands who differ, suffer, die. A fig leaf hides our shame. Here on Vanilla Island, we set our arms on fire and with our fiery arms display a fearsome dance that keeps all ember souls away. Here on Vanilla Island, beaches are pure and white and everywhere we roam, the truth shines clear and bright. For we vanillans, safe and free, feel right at home in lonely huts on our oasis in the sea. You wrote that? Yes. And I, I mean, it, it's actually very obvious, very clear, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that is prescient, brother. That is pre, I, it is completely understood. 
Okay, because I was wondering, some people were, were questioning some of the uh, lines. One of the questions I had, which I, um, and uh, was about the fiery arms. And I don't know if you got that, but- uh, uh, the, the fiery arms, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong in, in my interpretation. When I heard the fiery arms, I looked at it as being in oh. command at all cost. Meaning okay, that's, that's one. I was thinking of firearms. Firearms. Okay. Okay. Fiery arms, firearms. I'm thinking of people I, I, with, I, I, with, I, gun, I, with guns. Hey, hey, hey Tom, yes. you could actually write a postscript to this poem by saying here on Vanilla Island, we don't care what comes until the waves rise due to okay. the raging yeah. sun. Yeah, you, you're not, hey, why don't you write that? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, you sound like you because, could be a poet too. Hey, that is, you know something, um, with, without, with, you know, that, that sort of stuff, uh, where did you post it? I haven't, I haven't posted it anywhere yet. Okay, when, when you uh, feel comfortable with it, will you, uh, will you give me um, stuff that I can post it as a blog post in your name? Yeah, I can send it to you. I well, what I'm thinking, what, what, I, what I did, I did submit it to, uh, you, know, you know, the Progressive Magazine. Have you yes. ever read I get the Progressive every couple months. And they have a, they have a section for poetry. So I, I did send them a copy of it and, and said, you know, if you want to publish this, you know, I'd, I'd be interested. So I don't know whether or not they're going to do it or not, but I- Well, you know I what, me, like, you will get it published. I'm going to publish it here and, and you know, you should, uh, uh, with, with this kind of a poetry, you should act from your own medium account to put this stuff on too, man. You yeah, know? I do have, I have a WordPress uh, site that I do have some stuff on, but I, I haven't put too much poetry out there yet. So, but I, I, like I love writing this it. one. Let me just tell you this. I love this. I think it's to the point that my daughter writes a lot and I could see the smile on her face. So it says <laughs> quite a bit. Okay. All right. Okay, I just thought, you know, I'm glad uh, you got it because some people were saying, well, what, what are you talking about? And then, then it, I, I had to explain it a little bit. And they said, because this is really kind of, and it's sad, it's a sad poem in a way because I, this is where I live. I mean, we, we very really see people of color and we seem so insulated and isolated here that I kept thinking, you know, we're like in an island. And then I thought, well, like vanilla, you know, because we're all the same shade and it's, you know, the same. But Tom, thoughts. let me just say one thing. Let me just say something and, and not critical on you, but critical on people in general. Um, your poem, I am, no, I am no scholar of literature or anything like that. In fact, it's the dead opposite, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it, it stares at you immediately. Uh, you know, the thing that known as willful ignorance, right? Right. Um, that anyone that does not understand a poem like this, that's what we're looking at. And, uh, and, and what this does is it jars people. It may not jar them immediately, but it, 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 it effectively jars you in the background. You know, like when you have that aftertaste in your mouth, you right. know, this, even if you don't want to accept it right away, it gives you an aftertaste. We, it sure does. It sure does. I love the poem. And, uh, you know, when, and by the way, folks, that was, uh, that was one of the Zooms that we do every Saturday, uh, not every Saturday, once. The first Saturday of every month, this time because of New Year's, we had it on the second Saturday, but we continue resuming on the first Saturday of every month. It's Ask Egberto Anything, and, 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 and Brother Tom Zarnak brought, brought his poem, and we simply, everybody in the Zoom simply loved his poem. So um, please sign up for the Zoom. Uh, 
I got to get you guys the link to sign up for. I, you know, I actually had a. I, I think I, I created a, a all-in-one loop for that Zoom link. I'm going to find in a little bit. Anyway, let's continue the program. Uh, Tom says, "Thank you, Egberto. Hope my poem with a message can make a difference. It does." Uh, Melanie says, "Poetry always makes a difference." Eric Hay says, "More BS by your local heroes moving uh, flood mitigation monies for other." Oh, there we go again. Uh, Eric Hayes, uh, he brought crime. T- okay. Uh, Michael Rodden said, Sidney Paul and Rudy Giuliani went full conspiracy nutter in an effort to overthrow our republic. They're not respected in the least anymore. They are gone. They are history. Nanette Bird Smith says, I just can't figure out the intermittent buffering on my tablet. I have to listen on my phone and comment on my tablet. Multitasking. There you go, girl. Daniel Ladeau says, the leftists don't have the balls to do what is necessary to save democracy. Could you please, Mr. Ledeau, tell me what kind of balls we need to save our democracy other than to make sure that those who are trying to take it away get locked up? Tayala Wilson says, hello all. Welcome to the show, Tayala. Paul Fleming says, replying to Daniel Ledeau, which is what? I had the same question. Yvette Avery Herod loves your poem, she says. Love the poem. Michael Rudnan says, Eric Hayes, New York City crime rates under Mayor Guglielmi went down and continued to decline. The same pattern holds true of most of the nation. Guglielmi was credited for crime rate reduction, but it wasn't Guglielmi who should actually take credit. Of course not. Eric Hay says, what is the meaning of Vanilla Island? Should I suggest you get the poem and read it again? I'll have it in a blog later on. Uh, Eric Hay, uh, Bruce says, good day. Hey, good day, brother Pollard. Daniel Ledeau says, listen to these guys. Blow sunshine up each other's asses. Too funny. Well, you know, if, 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 to whatever floats your boat, I think I enjoy. Look, I, I'm not a poetry guy. And when Brother Tom read the poem, it, for me, because it was almost a political poem, I so enjoyed it. And you could see everybody on the, in our Zoom chat enjoyed it. We stayed with it. It it was, and, and I'm going to be posting it later today as well. Okay, let's see. And, and by the way, folks, if you guys have articles that you like, that you want to give exposure to, and you would allow me to put it at our website, send it in. Same thing if you have poetry, that sort of a thing. We are a family, and we need to get our stuff out. And I'll do whatever I can to do my small little part to do that. Uh, let's see, Eric Hayes says, Barbara Jordan, what is your opinion of her curious, your opinion of this iconic lady? Everybody knows Barbara Jordan, born in, in our part of Houston, and I love her. She was iconic, still is iconic. Uh, let's see, uh, uh, E2247, welcome aboard my brother. He says, eight Resolution 25, directs committee on ethics to investigate and report whether actions by the 117th MCs who sought to overturn 2020 POTUS election violated their oath of office. They did. We don't have to ask questions about that. They did. You heard the congressman who went and put on, he had on bulletproof vests from Texas and said, go and take it over. We don't have to ask questions. We have the videos. Maywood says, hello, everyone. Just quick stop by to say hello. Got a lot of things to do. Well, the fact that you had a lot of things to do and still found a few minutes to be with us, Maywood. Love you, brother. Keep on coming. All right, we have Peggy Lopez says, my $250 old clunky computer is not Zoom-able, no camera, although there is a microphone plug-in. 
Can I attend the Zoom without a camera? Of course you can. You can dial in. Register for it and you can dial in, my friend. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Corey Bush from E2247 says, Corey Bush, Missouri 1, yes. Introduced H Resolution 25 on 11 January. Uh, she and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez beg house action. We should have house action on that. Uh, Rodnin says, Daniel Lado, all those who planned, incited, and participated in a failed auto coup should be charged with sedition and insurrection or on January 6th will be seen, our January 6th will be seen as a trial run for when the next fascists come around to try again. We need to learn from not so recent German history on this one, I agree. Daniel Ledo responds, the leftists are going to need to take the guns. Y'all are scared to admit it because you know it is the ultimate breaking point. We don't need to take anybody's guns. As long as you use your weapons legally, there's not a problem. You use your weapons illegally, we are coming to get you. Not all people with guns, but those of you who use it illegally, we're going to get you. Eric Hayes says, good, she would be thrown out of the current radical party for sure. Huh, funny. Alistair Waters says, Tom C., I really know what you're saying about being surrounded by the same shade. Southwest lower Michigan was home for me for 30 years, and that was my experience. Grease, welcome aboard. Let's go, Brandon. Be careful with that, brother Grease. Uh, let's see, Paul Fleming says, no guys are being taken away. I'm a gun owner and a hunter. You see, they need to put fear into people, Paul. It, it's a false fear, the false information that they must do to, for their false movement to survive. Okay, let's see what else we got. Peggy Lopez says, thank you. What is the number? Peggy, I'm going, after I play the other video, I'm going to look up the link. And when you get to the link and register, it should give you all the different options to call in to the Saturday program. So I'll do that after when I play the other video. Uh, and I think it's about that time. Bill Crystal. Let's see which one I'm going to do first. I'll tell you what. Let me do Katie Porter. No, I better do Bill Crystal. Because Bill Crystal is only two minutes and change, I believe. Let's go with what Bill Crystal is. Bill Crystal was on MSNBC giving some suggestions to Democrats. And I think these are suggestions that Democrats would do well to because as I tell you and I've told many Democrats have a messaging problem not a policy problem but we do continue to have a messaging problem and uh, the fact about it is I think what Bill Crystal had to say here makes a lot of sense I want you guys to check it out and then we will take it on the other side. Listen to Bill Crystal here. If the Democrats just say, you know, we did a good job, where people don't quite see how good a job we did, and those Republicans, they don't really stand for anything, <laughs> they will not do well. They will not do the normal thing that happens in an off-year election is voters. They have grievances. They are disappointed in some ways. It's not quite as great as they thought it would be in, in, in November or two years ago. And so they vote somewhat against the incumbent party, against the party that has the White House. The Democrats have to create a choice. They can't let it just be a referendum on the Biden administration. And they've got to make the choice stark. And the choice can't just be the Republicans don't have a platform. It has to be that the Republicans are crazy, that the Republicans are pro-insurrection, that the Republicans are anti-vaccination. And they've got to find examples of that, Trump being the main one. Uh, but, but, you know, it's not so easy for the Republicans to say, well, we don't 
care about all that stuff Trump's saying. They don't have the nerve to say that. In Minnesota, a moderate state, a somewhat swingish state, Al State, there was a Republican governor's debate, wasn't there? What was it, a week ago or something like that? And they each competed to be more loyal to Trump than the, than the last. That yep. has to be wrapped around their necks. That has to be made to stick in the voters' minds. This, You have a choice of two parties. One of them disappoints you a little bit. They sort of make some mistakes. And the other one is anti-democracy, totally irresponsible, at the whim of Donald Trump, has people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, et cetera, et cetera. They've got to make that a contrast and make it a choice. And that is sound advice. Bill Kristol, the one, the, the, one of the sons of the conservative movement in the United States, for him to become or says, we mu- he's not only saying don't vote for Republicans, he's actually saying Vote for Democrats to save our democracy. A message like that coming from the from someone like Bill Crystal, and you guys know that I've interviewed Bill Crystal a couple of times here on Politics Done Right. And Bill Crystal is really making the rounds. He's going around saying, Hey guys, and look, there are a lot of my progressive friends like, why did you have Bill Crystal on your phone? You know who Bill Crystal is, the conservative guy. Yeah, very, very conservative. And when you have a guy like that come out and say you cannot vote for Republicans because it is, it is actually anathema to everything that America represents, you know, you know that is, that is the issue. Okay, Tom C. says, uh, let, let's back up. Yes, rest in peace, Louis Anderson. I can't believe Louis Anderson and Meatloaf died on the same day. Sad, sad. Sad, sad. Okay, let's see what we got here. Um, Tom C. says, Hi, fellow Michigander, Alistair Waters. Vanilla islands are everywhere in the USA. We Vanillans need to be welcoming to all other islanders who come to visit or live with us on Vanilla Island. Good thought, good sentiment, Tom C. And absolutely right. Michael Rudnan says, Ah, featuring a war criminal, Bill Crystal." was one of the architects of the Iraq war, and yet he still respected he can't teach us a damn thing. I don't want to learn anything from Bill Crystal, but I want Bill Crystal to help me make sure that other Republicans don't vote for Republicans. I mean, we that, that's one thing I think we have to uh, learn as, as progressives, and that is... We have to know what we want, and I think all of us in this room know what we want. But sometimes to get what we want, we have to make a few choices that aren't necessarily uh, the pure, ideal choice. If I need Bill Crystal to get a particular piece of the electorate, I will use Bill Crystal to get that piece of the electorate. Because I know he brings quite a few people with him. Norman Reynolds says, Egberto, I disagree with a messaging problem narrative. Please look at anti-democracy equivalence issues and the media. Um, I think, I, tell me if I'm understanding you right, um, uh, Norman. I think what you're saying is, we are trying, that Democrats are trying to message, but because of our media... And our media and the and, and being anti-democratic, being run by the corporatocracy, etc., our message is not going out, and we're getting all the wrong messages. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me if that's what you're saying, and then then we can move on from there. 
E2247 says, statute of limitation is soon to expire on all laws Mueller reported to former Guy Bro. Mueller laid a map of prosecutorial action to take, but Biden Garland refused to let the former guy off. Brian Miner says, need solutions, not complaints on fixing our country. I agree. That's why I wrote three books. And since you opened the door, I think I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you about my three books because if I can get to it in time, because I think you're right. We talk about a lot of problems, Brian. We do. We're always talking about this problem and that problem. And a lot of people say, stop talking about the problem and still start telling us how we fix it. And in that light, I wrote three books that I hope is a part of the chain, a part of the, the, the line, if you will, to handle that. Check it out and tell me what you think. We're going to do this. I'm Egberto Willis, as host of Politics Done Right, a progressive radio media show on Pacifica Network's KPFT 90.1 FM Houston that engages all ideologies. I found that our political angst isn't mostly ideological. There is a well-designed effort by many in power to control us. If we are at each other's throats, we are less likely to demand our economic and local wishes. In that light, I wrote three books. I wrote the first one titled, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom to Describe the Entire Economy in a Manner We Can All Understand. It highlights why it was designed to pill for most as it empowers a few, the chosen. The second book, titled, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, Take It to the Next Level. After understanding how the system pilfers, it is incumbent that we can speak to our peers to empower a change. The third book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It, gives us a place to land. After learning about our economy that is dysfunctional for most and learning how to engage the other side, we point out what would make an economy that works for all. Each book stands on its own, but together they provide the full picture. Please consider getting one or more. You will undoubtedly learn, be entertained, and help us continue the mission with our blogs, articles, videos, and books. I'm Egberto Willis. And that's what I'm talking about. So, Brian, I, I, I hope I address that. Need solutions, not complaints on fixing our country. And that's, that's the whole rationale. In fact, if you... The, from the first book that I wrote, I, there's a sentence that I put in the book that I said, we complain a lot, but I, wa I don't just want to say what the problem, problems are. I also want to talk solutions. So thank you for bringing that up for me to say, hey, check out my books, the whole series, because I believe exactly what you just said, Brian. You're absolutely right. E2247 says, this is on Biden. Surprise, Garland. Daniel Lido says, Bill Crystal's political strategy is to basically just demonize the opposition. Yeah, he's a real brilliant guy. Actually, he's a brilliant conservative for what conservatives believe in. And that's the reason I said I'd like, I'd like to, you know, if he can be of assistance to us getting some other folks to vote the right way. Michael Rudden says, my problem with Bill Crystal isn't that he's conservative. My problem with Bill Crystal is that he's a war criminal. If Bill Crystal wasn't part of the American military industrial complex, he would be standing in front of the Hague right now. And the thing about it is we have these folks on all sides, including that's why there's never a problem passing a defense bill. Let's not only put that, however, on Bill Crystal, because the reason we have the size of the defense budget that we have is because they are all complicit. 
The military-industrial complex owned the establishment, which is comprised of the Democratic establishment and the Republican establishment. That's why they get whatever they want. Carl Cox says, Democratic politicians won't fight for the rights of all Americans. The common good, as FDR said, Democratic Party leadership are afraid of special interests, want their money. Exactamundo, Carl Cox. Alistair Waters says, so true. Tom C. Eric Hay says, you want to promote Bill Crystal through false pretenses? No, I didn't. There, there, was, there was nothing false about the pretense that I said. My pretense is I am not a conservative. I am a progressive. But if Bill Crystal is going to, if I can use Bill Crystal to use his conservative bona fides to have conservatives vote for progressives to save the country, I will do that. There's no false pretense there at all. Uh, Supervise Gerland, stop letting the upsters of of POTUS 45 run all free as squirrels. Daniela Doe says, May would I thank God daily I lived in the great state of Texas that is about to become blue. What are you going to do when Beto O'Rourke becomes the president, the, the governor of Texas? I wonder. Daniel Ledo says, replying to Eric Hayes, first time here, sometimes you just got to go with his flow. It gets garbled, but he eventually gets back to a leftist talking point. Oh, wow. Thank you so kindly, my dear Daniel Ledo. Michael Ryan said, Daniel, what's a leftist talking point right now? Create a government for the people. Establish living wages. Universal health care. Voting rights. Infrastructure investment. You notice, here's the deal, uh, Michael. Those who spill right-wing rhetoric, they don't have anything behind the rhetoric. So they have to use being upset, being mad, demonizing you. In other words, hey, don't look at those scary left-wing, crazy, progressive liberals, you know? That's why when I sat down and speak in Starbucks with my brothers and sisters from the right, before they know I'm progressive, and it happens more than one time, they're like, you're so nice. And I have to say, yeah, I know the caricature of progressive isn't at all what you think it is. It's not. Not my name, says the Dems are doomed, bro. Sorry, but they're done. Not my name. Let's come. Why don't you come back? After the election, let's see if you're right. If you're right about that, I will be the first to say you are right. I don't think you are, though. Daniel Ledo said, Egberto seems okay with slavery. He is in business with one of the largest slave masters on the planet. Hmm. Daniel, are you picking up my talking point, sir? I know you know better than that. Sarah Beatty says, uh, now I want to write Vanilla Island on the sign to Galveston. Go do it, Sarah. Alistair Waters says, Daniel Ledo and Eric Hayes, y'all are being disrespectful towards Egberto. Stop it. I love you, Alistair. I love you. Let me tell you something, my dear, beautiful Alistair. These guys have been at it trying to get me all worked up for a long time. But you know what? I still love them. Because here's the deal. They can continue to do it and do it. I am not going to fall for what they have learned to do to get us to react. You see, then the plutocracy wins. We won't let that happen, Alistair. We won't let that happen. Brian Miner says, I meant legislation that will pass. You can't get legislation that will pass, Brian, until you change the grassroots, who will then elect the progressives that will get the legislation that you're talking about. 
And that's what people don't understand. You know, everybody throw their hands up. We wanted to get the voter bills passed. We wanted to get Build Back Better passed. And because we can't get Build Back Better passed, people are not going to vote. That's the wrong message to send. Let's, let's take it one step further, Brian. This is important. And I'm glad you stuck, you stuck with, with expanding on what I said and saying, that's not what I mean, Egberto. Pass things that can pass. No. That's not that. First of all, yes, you got to pass things that can pass however best you can. But what I was trying to get at, Brian, is more profound than that. If you believe that our country needs progressive, progressive policies, if you run through these progressive policies through all of America, and Americans by 60% or more say, we want this, but you have a Joe Manchin and a cinema, two people, that prevent what most Americans want from coming to fruition. Remember, most Americans want the policies that we are proposing, most wanted. If you are okay with saying, but even though most people want it, the legislation can't pass because these elitist politicians don't want it, and you're satisfied with that, be well, I am not. Let me tell you what I'm satisfied with. I'm satisfied with saying, okay, Build Back Better is going to be placed into pieces and some of it is going to get passed. But uh, some progressives you would hear say, if we don't get X, Y, Z, it means that people won't go out there and vote. I said, no, let's not even put that, let's not even float that message. Let's float the message that because Build Back Better, as most Americans want it, did not pass, it is reason for us to go back to the polls and bring in more progressives. Not hide from voting, but go into voting. You see, that narrative that you hear on TV, oh, people are not going to have any reason to go vote because it, the things that they voted for didn't happen. That is a narrative the plutocracy has the ma mainstream media telling people. They want people to be depressed. They want to depress the vote and say, we can only get things in the middle. When you talk about middle policies, it means all the people there at the left side, the poor people, the disadvantaged, all of those people permanently get hurt because nothing gets passed for them. It is always for those people that bought people that they call, oh, the centrist in the middle. But you know what? It is a false choice. We have to tell people to go out there and vote. Some brother minor, what I'm trying to tell you is... Yes, we want legislation that passed, but we want to elect people that pass the legislation that most Americans say that they want. Norman Reynolds says, the media is choosing false equivalences as it serves their purposes to sell their own corporatist message. The issue is that messages are not reaching the people who choose to be ignorant. They only listen to those who say what they want to hear. Agreed. But that's why there's a politics done right. And for all of you that are here, all of you that are here right now, you all have your sphere of influence. There are people that listen to each one of you. They won't necessarily listen to me, but they'll listen to you. And hopefully we have a family here that listens to each other, and you can actually multiply this message by sharing this message, by being a part of executing this message, by helping us get this message out with your flavor. Because that is a people-to-people -people contact, flesh and flesh, blood and blood. 
we get the message and we put it out there. We learn, we put the message out there. So that's what I'm saying. So I agree with you, by the way, uh, brother. Brother, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm agreeing with you, Norman. You know what? I, you know I know what you you know what you're saying. All right, Daniel says, Maywood. If just 25 percent of the population was armed daily, no mass shooter could get off more than a few shots. I think that is a patently false statement. Most people, even if they have a gun, are scary, scary, scary. And the first thing that they're going to see when there's a mass mass murderer is not to run to try to save uh, to kill that murderer or something like that. I think. Look. What gets me with that kind of thinking, Daniel Lindo, is it completely goes against evidence, right? Every country that has good gun control laws, people die from gunshot wounds at orders of magnitude less than we do, fewer than we do. The data is out there for you to see. Having more guns get more people killed, period, punto y final. We are a crazy country. We don't mind killing people, even though we say we are the people of life. Eric says, AOC represents a radical crazy. What policy of hers, Eric? I know you like to make a caricature out of AOC. AOC is a very intelligent woman. I've interviewed her. She's more intelligent than 90% of those in Congress, if not more. I'm telling you, she's smart. Nobody challenges her in committee meetings. You know why? Because she's always prepared. She knows the material and she has the data. Now they can challenge her on TV where it's a thing of sound bites. But when you get into a room, not even CEOs challenge her. Check out the videos we've done on her challenging CEOs and be see how meek they become when they're being questioned by this young 33-year-old uh, intelligent woman. Watch how they cave when she interviews them. There's nothing radical about AOC. The radical thing is are all those people who are ripping you all off, who are brainwashing you into voting against your interests. Those are the radical ones. Michael Rudman says the trouble with the right-wing rhetoric, they don't have a single issue with supermajority polling. Exactly. Peggy Lopez says little show, slow responding because I'm fixing breakfast. If I had to have the result I wanted in moving the nation to the left, I would not still be in this battle after 65 years. Happy you are all here. I'm happy for everybody here too, my dear, beautiful Peggy Lopez. Michael Ronin says, largest slave masters on the planet. Ripping Amazon, eh? <laughs> Rose Williams says, hi everyone. Alistair Water says, that's what makes you such a beautiful life, Egberto. Muchisimas gracias por eso. Thank you so kindly, Alistair Waters. E2247 says, Pelosi and Schumer put no pressure on Biden-Harris to tell Garland to move on Potas, and I'm with them. I don't want to put pressure on Garland because once any leak comes out that Donald, that, that uh, Biden or or Harris said anything to Garland, the, the right-wing machine knows how to expand that, and we, unfortunately, are very poor at returning on that. Uh, Carl Cox says, I'm in favor of publicly funded campaigns. I am as well. However, too many Americans are opposed to spending money on public campaigns. They drink the right-wing Kool-Aid. They are gullible, and that is our job. Our job is not to call our brothers and sisters gullible, even though every now and then behind the scenes, I may say something of that nature. But if I'm trying to reach people, as I've said in my book, how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors, it's worth it. We have to get down to their level and talk to them and gain their respect. And we move mountains that way. 
Daniel Edo says, radical lefts like Egberto have shown they deserve zero respect. His thin veil of civility hides a dark and dangerous ideology. You know, you keep using those words, but you have not said what principles of mine are dark and dangerous and will cause harm to America. I would love to know, I would love you to tell me something that I would do, some policy that I support that harms our beautiful American citizenry. Please tell me what policy of mine would do that. And then we can talk about it. We can talk about it, Daniel, really. But tell me what policy of mine is so dark and onerous that will do so much damage. Eric Hay say, who is telling you most show us where we can get this proof? Huh? We, everything that I put on my show, the blogs all, always have links. You know, uh, my, my website links to uh, reputable places to include in some of the government's own data. Michael Rodden says, Egberto, there's a bunch of issues with over 80% public support, but Congress has yet to pass legislation to meet the people's demand. Exactly. Exactly. You notice uh, Eric continues with the notion, oh, bankrupt us better, right? I think that it's funny. Funny, funny, funny. Carl Cox says, the radical right is running America and destroying democracy. Right-wing politicians want a right-wing fascist government. And how can we prove that is correct? We had an insurrection that got people killed. We had an attempted coup. So while Carl can make a statement that says right-wing folks are harming America, we have the proof. There's nothing for them to say on the left. All right. Daniel Edo says, uh, no, that is the rose. Uh, let's say just 25% of the population was armed daily. We'd have a mass shooting triggered from confusion every day. <laughs> I love that one, Rudnick. You make me laugh sometimes, man. Okay, let's see. That is a conversation between Maywood and somebody else. Michael Rudnick says, imagine being so deluded that you're wanting to ramp this up. Annually, more than 27,000 individuals are admitted to emergency room departments for unintentional firearms injury. Tom C. says, yes, ABQ. Ban money in politics and campaign fund raising is just a form of bribery that corrupts our representative and our government. IVQ says, Tom, see, talking, talking about my issue, numero uno, much agreed. Exactly. All right, Tiana Wilson says the following. What about the government coming after really small business owners and operators? It used to be 20000 now it's 600 but yet they let the large companies get away with paying nothing, land of the corporation, crushing everyone, uh, anyone that isn't them. But guess they can't donate now because what they probably donated, their favorite politicians now given to the state. Actually, don't let them fool you about that 600. Believe it or not, that 600 protects folks on the left more so because the right knows how to do things like aggregate and all of that. By the way, there's very little they do with collecting the data and the data, that, that data as far as how much money was moved through Venmo and all these other places. I looked into it, and there's nothing really there, Tiola. The right wants you to believe that because the right, the right usually use all the tricks in the game to game the system. We generally don't do that, and when we do, we are not very generous. But anyway, I want you to listen to Katie Porter, who is one of the great explainers-in-chief. Let her talk about... What is she going to talk about? She's going to explain what our economy is really like, dispel 
the rumors, the spell, the lies. So here we go. Katie Porter of California. She's a member of the House Oversight Committee and the Deputy Chair of the House Progressive Caucus, and she has the whiteboard with her tonight. Representative Porter, we heard President Biden yesterday reciting at the beginning of his press conference the accomplishments of his first year in office achieved with the Democrats in Congress. Are people out there experiencing effects of those accomplishments that they might not necessarily realize come from the work uh, that you, the Democrats in Congress did with the president and achieved legislatively this year. Absolutely. And I think it's important to remember where we were one year ago when President Biden was sworn in. Families were struggling to put food on the table. We were still continuing to have a lot of job losses. Um, You know, many schools were closed. We are in a much, much better situation today. In fact, where our economy is today is quite remarkable. Um, And we now have, in fact, the fastest growing economy in this country that we've had in decades. So the American Rescue Plan, which Congress passed um, into law very quickly upon President Biden's election, actually has resulted in really fast economic growth. So the United States today is experiencing about 5.5% growth in GDP. Now, when you compare this to our other nations, the seven, the G7, the seven most advanced economies in the world, our global competitors, none of them are even yet having positive GDP growth, a measure of our economy. Um, we're seeing the same story with unemployment. Unemployment today is down to 3.9% unemployment. And to remind everybody, the last time we had a major financial crisis in this country following the, the Great Recession and the bank crisis, it took 10 years to get unemployment back down. We've hit this 3.9% unemployment number two years faster than if we had not elected President Biden and we had not passed the American Rescue Plan. And most directly, most immediately for families, they have more money to spend each month. The average American family has 354 more dollars each month accounting for inflation. So even taking in, taking into account the global disruption in the supply chain, the fact that some big corporations are price gouging consumers, even adjusting for inflation, the average American has an extra $354 a month. And I'll tell you, that money makes a real difference to American families. Let me just go over that last point. Uh, that is a new number to me. You're saying that the actual disposable income of Americans has increased during this period of inflation, where we think of inflation as eating away at people's actual spendable income. Absolutely. This is disposable income in real dollar change. So accounting for inflation, adjusting for the fact that prices on some things have gone up, the typical American, the average American is has 354 more dollars each month. This is a big number. This is a lot of people's car payments. This is a lot of people's after school payments for their kids. This is several trips to the grocery store, even for me with three hungry kids. So this is real money in Americans' pockets, and it's directly a result of the economic agenda and the American Rescue Plan directly addressing the needs of American families. What do you hope to accomplish, given possibly some of the limitations imposed by Joe Manchin, uh, but what do you hope to accomplish in the second year uh, working with the president legislatively? 
that, look, the problems that we have the fastest growing economy we've had in a long time. We just went over that. GDP's up, unemployment's down, more money in families' pockets. But even with these positive economic changes, the reality is there are still problems. There are still structural problems in our economy that we need to solve. And this is a really cool whiteboard because it reverses. Um, I want to talk about what the costs are of not acting. What the cost is of having Joe Manchin or others block action in the Senate. For example, if we do not pass legislation to allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices, we are losing $8 billion a year. This is what it costs taxpayers because Medicare cannot negotiate drug prices. We have to pass this legislation to get this done. This is a problem even in the strongest economy because essentially we allow drug companies to hold American taxpayers hostage. Similar, on climate, if we do not pass meaningful legislation to address climate change, we are spending right now $145 billion a year cleaning up and dealing with the consequences of climate-related disasters, wildfires, floods. $145 billion This price tag, the price tag of not acting, makes the cost of passing this legislation look cheap. And this one is my favorite, $1 trillion. This is the cost of not fully funding the IRS. And so if we, and per year, this is the lost money. So if we would do these things, if we would take action, bring down the cost of prescription drugs, $8 $8 billion a year savings. Take action to address climate change. $145 billion in savings. Fully fund our IRS so that everyone pays what they already owe. This isn't making any changes to the tax code. It's just making sure we let the IRS collect the taxes that are already owed and doing. These are the costs of not acting. So when we hear people say the bill would cost this much, legislation would cost that much, I think it's really, really important that the American people understand what President Biden is trying to do, what Congress is trying to do with these kinds of changes is actually save money. That's what's on the table for year two. And it's really important that we take these actions now when we do have a strong economy. And that's what President Biden has set us up to do in year two. You know, as you mentioned it, I have not heard Joe Manchin and his concerns about inflation ever mention uh, prescription drug prices as part of the inflation burden. No, but it's absolutely true. Prescription drug prices, child care costs. These are some of the fastest growing er elder care. These are some of the fastest growing areas of expense. So when you talk to families, even as they're having more income. There are some of these prices and some of these costs that are going up and we need to address them. And the time to do it is now when we have low unemployment, when we have big GDP growth, um, this is the time to begin to address these structural problems. And there's just, again, the price tag of legislating gets so much attention. What doesn't get enough attention is the price tag of not acting. We, that what doesn't get attention is the price tag of not acting. You know, it is, it is sad. It is sad. Joe Manchin went up on the floor of the Senate and lied. He said that the filibuster, that no, no, uh, that never has the Senate ever uh, had cloture or something to that effect that he, that he said, wanting to believe that the filibuster has always been in effect. It's a complete lie. He didn't say it. He just had a placard behind him that pretty much says, 
oh, we, we are always, we always needed more than a simple majority to pass anything in the Senate. He lied. He lied. He lied. Uh, the truth of the matter is as follows. Um, most Americans want the policies that progressives are putting out there. And we have elitist uh, traders that have decided that they know better than what most people say they want. And in the process, they have hurt millions of Americans. So let, let's, let's go ahead going forward as we talk about these issues to put the blame where it belongs. We need to for sure make everybody know that not one Republican voted to support policies that supported the middle class and the poor in the Build Back Better bill and that two uh, conservative Democrats tanked it even though the votes were there to get it passed. We cannot allow this to go on. And 2022 should be the year that we gain at least four more senators. And you know that thing that they're talking about, we are going to lose the House? In my humble opinion, we only lose the House if we cede the House. Because once Americans realize that they will be terrorized financially, they will be terrorized Economically, their personal economies will be distraught if the other side wins, not because of anything we're saying, but because of what they are saying. It's important for us to make that point and make that point clearly. Okay, let's see. Uh, Daniel Edo says, I would bring firearm classes back to schools. Every 13-year-old should pass a basic form. Really? That is crazy. Hey, it's past my time. I didn't realize we are already uh, past five. Give me one minute to finish this. Mr. C says, Mr. R says, I love Katie Porter, but those unemployment numbers don't mean anything. It does not count the people who have dropped uh, out of the workforce altogether. Yes, but they have dropped out of the workforce and worked for themselves, among many other things. Lee Grant says, we need a, a real hog to China pipeline. Eric says she's not in reality. Actually, her numbers are correct. You can look him up. But again, uh, the right teaches you not to follow truth. So what can I say there? Egberto, I wish that Americans understood that Republicans have become the party of obstruction. They're no longer the party. They're not loyal. They, they, I don't know how it's, that's been a long time now. But anyway, I got to get out of here. I forgot to do my ask today. So what I'm going to do real quickly is just give you the all in one, the two, the two most important support links. Please consider supporting us by going to our link, politicsdoneright.com slash support. politicsdoneright.com slash support. You can also support us by going to get our books. It, it, you, you kill two birds with one stone, or that's a bad thing to say. But anyway, politicsdoneright.com slash books. And of course, you can help us by going to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. My name is... Egberto Willis, this is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet 
with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. 